Welcome to the She Surrenders podcast. I'm Sherry, and I want to share everything I can with you about recovery and what happens when you surrender your addiction to God and say yes to a whole new life. Now let's get started. So I'm going to introduce you tonight to the ladies that are here sharing the sober circle here at She Surrenders. And this is actually take three because we've had a little difficulty that was not technical. It was more that um, if you don't think you can have fun in a sober circle, it was getting all of our, um, I would just say our laughs out of the way, but we're still going to have fun and we're going to have a good conversation. And tonight with me, I have Lynn, Callie, Karen, Terry, and Debbie. And I talked about who they were in this group, who they are to me and to the community um, previous to this, as I explained what we're doing, but that's who's here tonight. So in this sober circle, we're going to start every meeting with some a verse or a section of scripture that we feel is really pertinent to the conversation that we're going to have. And this is short, sweet, but so true. It's Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 10. And it says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And when we started talking about this verse and the topic of community and connection and how important it is in sober life, I started thinking about on top of that, let's add women to the equation. This is how we bond. This is how we heal. We don't do it alone, but yet there's so many of us who feel like I can do this all by myself and no one will ever have to know. And it's just, I can tell you, it's not going to work. And if it does work, it will work for a while and then it won't work anymore. One of the best things about being with someone who knows how you feel is there's a comfort there. And I always compare it to grief and, um, Sorry if you've heard this before, but I always think of being at the funeral home for my brother. And I was devastated, as you can well imagine. So was our whole family. And so many people, you know, expressed their condolences. And, you know, some even said, you know, I know how you feel or I can't imagine how you feel. And I would just think no one knows how I feel right now. Then my stepsisters came to the funeral home. And that's who I wanted to see because they knew what it was like to lose a brother as they'd lost their brother only a few years before we lost our brother. So they got it. They knew what we needed to hear or not hear. Nothing was fake. It was real. And our hearts were connected. And and that's how it is in sobriety too, with women. And it's, it's connection because like this verse says, that's what we were created for, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. What do, do any of you, what would you say was the biggest part of, or when you realized that how important connection was? Well, I remember when I got, you know, I wanted to get sober. I mean, I kept trying and trying and, you know, I felt so alone And I mean, I had God, but I wanted, I wanted to get sober. And I just, I thought, am I the only one out here? 
that is suffering. And I just felt like I didn't have anybody. And, you know, when I got sober, you know, I, I've tried different things and I've always had connections with people and it's, it's helped me, but I always wanted to find faith in, in recovery and finding Sherry in the group has just, you know, it's just been such a godsend. I mean, just having people around you that know and can relate to what you're going through, you know, it's just, I couldn't do this alone. I always had God, but I needed you know, my tribe, you know, I needed, I needed, and, you know, you, you, you know, you don't have to be alone. You, you have people that can help and love you and trust you. And so I just, you know, I'm just so grateful, you know, to have this. Yeah. And we're grateful to have you. And along with that, someone might be thinking, you know, it's not my thing to be in a, in a girl group and, you know, be all chatty all the time. And I don't have time for text after text after text, but that's not what we're talking about here. How would one of you put a better understanding of why it's important to have that connection? And it's not just, it's not book club. It's not um, a random, a random thing. So Karen, what do you I think we all need a witness in our lives. Is you spoke to uh, Sherry about that's what funerals are for, so that we can have we can work through our grief and we can have a witness. Uh, you know, as we experience life, and, and unless you've gone through this, you can tell people about it, but unless you've gone through it, they can't witness to it, right? They just it's true of anything. So um, I think this group offers that. And I use the word witness as a way to say that they're experiencing this with you and witnessing it, validating your feelings. Um, you know, they get it right in, in a community. It's a community setting of women that are, you know, here to support one another and witness our daily lives together as we go through this. So for me, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And You know, I will say that I've known this group for almost three years now in in pieces, you know, like one came, then another, and then another. And um, this is my support system, too, because I didn't think there was anybody else going through what I was. There was no way anybody else was going through what I was doing the stupid things that I did. And on top of it, had a relationship or so-called relationship with God. And we just talked earlier before the meeting about how you already have an incredible level of shame and guilt dumped on you and you hold on to it. You hold on to it tightly, but add Christian to it. And the dump load just got twice as big. So you've got to figure out a way to get rid of that shame and guilt or release that shame and guilt. And sitting alone and doing it by yourself and trying to talk yourself away from the shame and guilt, it's not going to work. And we've had so many discussions about why we feel ashamed, why we shouldn't feel ashamed. And it's, it goes bigger than just saying, you don't need to be ashamed. It's 
we get into the thick of why you're ashamed, why we carry that. Yeah. And I was thinking about that as well. It's almost like it's part of the spiral and having a community to be able to bounce some of this stuff off of, you know, and someone saying, no, don't go down that path. You know, that's not, that's not you anymore and stuff like that. You know, being able to talk just very, very candidly and openly with a group of women who, you know, care about you you're in your family that they've never met. And, you know, mm-hmm. just because you've been through that same, you know, it's not like a death, but it's a, you know, con, you know, going through, uh, this situation with alcohol is the trauma. I mean, when you think back at all the destruction, you know, you may or may not have caused, but you, the fallout and all of that, the guilt, you know, the guilt cycle for sure. I mean, and having a community to go through that with you and walk through it. And it's, it's like, it's free therapy, <laughs> you know, um, you yeah, know, we're free. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it's just, it's a good way to stop that, that spiral for sure. And it's a long process. I mean, that's why the community is so important because everybody's going at a different pace um, of healing and it takes time and it takes conversation after conversation and someone may shine a light on something that you hadn't thought of, you know, you could be having these conversations. Um, and sometimes it's the repetitive conversation that helps keep you in the light and, and steers you, you're going to come across rough patches in your world of sobriety and you need the support. You don't do it alone. It's, it's even with a strong faith, you still have to have, people backing you up and giving you that like reassurance. And, and in that it's a lonely place at times, let's face it. It is. And, and you, you know, when you stop drinking, the healing begins and the healing can be painful and it can be triggering and you need people to shine that light and to like make you stop and think about what if you picked up again and started drinking and what is that going to do? And when you don't feel alone and you feel like you have a community, it helps you stick to it and, and know you can come to that with whatever, because everybody gets it. Mm -hmm. And we all think our stories are so unique. And while they are, there's all these common denominators that we all share and that feels great to not feel alone with that. Yeah, definitely. And does anybody want to speak into this? So before I really got into sober life, which is a lot of people think, including myself in the beginning, I just can't drink. That's sobriety, but there's a difference. And maybe we could speak into like, what, what do we need? What do you need? It's community and it's faith, but is all these things you don't realize the day that you set down your drink and your day one, all you're thinking about is not drinking, but there's so much to unpack from that. And I always think about, so my drinking and, and many of ours, I know, you know, all your stories and um, our drinking was alone in the, those last, I don't know, for me, it was the last couple of years and it was lonely and it was isolating. So I'm not sure how I should 
expect that I would recover alone because I was drinking alone and that didn't work out so well. So the secrets we keep that we don't feel like we have to share with anyone, they can also keep you in bondage to them. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't tell anybody, you don't have anyone to answer for, but yourself. And these are not, these accounting, these meetings and the get togethers and and the times that we talk, they're not, it's not about, are you okay? Are you going to drink? Are you going to drink? Are you going to drink? No, it's just learning to do life better because for so long we numbed ourselves from doing life better. So now it's a whole new way to figure it out and you don't have to figure it out by yourself. Right. Yeah. I was also, you know, for me, I had to realize real quick that sober Debbie cannot live the same life drinking Debbie did, you know, it's not, you know, just don't drink and still, you know, walk into the same situations and, you know, the same, even same friends and, you know, all of that, everything had to change. And when, when I started wrapping my head around that fact, you know, even, you know, cooking dinner, I started making dinner, you know, in the morning, I throw stuff in a crock pot or we just made mm-hmm. out, you know, because that was a trigger, you know, cooking dinner and drinking wine and, um, you know, realizing that, but talking about that with, with you girls and, um, you know, saying, oh yeah, me too, that me too, you know, that's a big thing. But when I realized that things had to change and what I was doing had to change, but there was also guilt with that. Like, am I a horrible person? Am I a horrible friend? Or, you know, cause I don't, feel comfortable going to that, you know, get together or wedding and hearing all of us talk about things like, yeah, we, I just, I just don't go to that or only go for 30 minutes and, you know, hearing like, yeah, that's okay. It's like that reassurance that, okay, we are doing this right. You know, there's, there's a little bit of that going on as well. Mm -hmm. And you can go to a lot of, there's a lot of great podcasts and a lot of great speakers and a lot of great literature out there about how to navigate life and sobriety. And there's a lot of great, there's practical tips, but there's more to it than how to make a mocktail, which if you like mocktails and they're uh, not triggering for you, that's great. But how about the fact that there's so much dishonesty in addiction and you don't want to be dishonest anymore. And that speaks into integrity, which for me speaks into my faith. So, you know, there's a really common saying, you know, what changes after you, you know, quit drinking or you let go of your addiction, everything Mm -hmm. It's one word, everything. And I will say too, that there was a lot of warnings about friends that you're going to lose friends or you're going to find out who your real friends are. And I can't really, I don't really want to say that I lost a lot of friends. There was some relationships that had to you know, be let go. But I had no idea that I was going to be blessed with this new group of friends. And if, if you ever doubt that God can do anything, um, if you knew all our stories, we're from all over the U S and God has connected us, but we had to go through what we did first. And it's finding those faith God moments that encourage you and we speak into each other just like God speaks into us you were made for more so and it's that accountability showing up because Mm -hmm. it's a priority to you 
mm-hmm. like you can't you can't just build this community without really taking that to be a serious part of your recovery because it is mm-hmm. and you know it has to be a priority because that's that's how you build your friendships with this new group of people who support you you got to show up you got to be accountable and it has to be something that is important to you that you protect and you nurture like it's part of it's part of your journey now mm-hmm. and when you see the benefits of having this community who all have faith and the same visions um that's that gives you a kind of peace that along with your faith it's is just it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. i am so grateful for it you know um one of the rare times that we were able to get together um it sounds like you know good grief are these women a bunch of boring you know jesus freaks and you know like do they have any fun we didn't sing it sit around singing kumbaya and planning how to save the world from alcohol we laughed we couldn't even get this podcast started because we were laughing and it's it's so hard to explain but you're connected what connects you is awful it's evil but God's using it for good and you get to you get to let go of that you don't have to hate you know I like to think, uh, you know, we've talked, we talk a lot about spiritual warfare in our group too, which is another topic that we're going to get on here and talk about sometime. But, you know, I look at, you know, sitting around in our sober circle and and talking about this, you know, to encourage and invite. And I feel like the devil's like leaning in the doorway over there going, fine, and moves on. Mm -hmm you know, get out of here. We have, you know, it's, 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 it's just a good, it's such a good feeling to, you know, to feel that. And, and that's God, that's all God. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So we're just inviting you that if you're thinking about sobriety and you want it to be faith-based, which we believe is the only solution, yes. um, you need to, you need to get a hold of us. You need to get talk to one of us and you can do that, you know, through the She Surrenders website and community. But I would like to, you know, I want someone else to say, what would you say to the woman that's listening to this right now that saying that cannot possibly be me? I can't do this. I don't know how they, they could not be as bad. Not one woman that I'm listening to could be possibly as bad as I am. What would you say to her? I highly doubt that. <laughs> my my drinking career ended alone, isolated, shameful, guilt-ridden, and that's how I thought I was going to get sober, and it just does not work that way. You need to let go of that shame and guilt. You can't you can't move on until you let it out, let it go, meet people who, because you think that you're the only one in the world that feels this way. And it's just not that way. And then to hear that the women are also faith-based is just, it's just the icing on the cake because I felt that I was the only one in the world that had these issues and that there was nobody like me and I could never find anybody to talk to about these things. 
And the more we talked, the more we got together, the more we started to know each other, we really learned that we suffered the same sickness and we are in the same cure. We are finding Jesus and we're finding each other and we're finding the answers to our prayers here. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You said that so well, Terry. So we hope you come back again for um, the She Surrenders podcast. There will continue to be interviews and women telling their stories of um, faith-based addiction and recovery, but you're also going to hear more from our group. And we're going to be answering listener questions and covering some topics that we may see you know, in the news more like the addiction, addiction in the pandemic, um, things like that, or triggers and you name it. And if there's something that you would like to hear us talk about, we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to, um, just send me an email at Sherry at she surrenders.com and, um, hopefully we'll talk about it. So thanks ladies for being here with me tonight. I couldn't do any of this without you. And We hope that you join us here again soon in our sober circle. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I invite you to shesurrenders.com where you will find your community for faith-based recovery. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. Thanks again, and we'll see you back here soon.